Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas change the world. We are, um, at this moment in time, we're doing reflections on one of the biggest trade shows in the risk, resilience, and security industry. This one is called ISC West. It just took place in Las Vegas last week. Uh, right now, we're at the end of July. Uh, for those of you listening, July 2021. And I wanted to touch base with a gentleman I've known for quite a few years. Um, I just love how over the years he constantly, I don't know if I want to use the term reinvented himself, but he is consistently evolving. And he does that by keeping pace with uh, people, processes, and technology being used across the security ecosystem. So what better way to get a feeling for where the industry's at right after ISC West, early Monday morning, the week <laughs> after, than being with the president of Cetracon, Jeff Slotnick. Jeff, great having you. Thank you, Ron. Really appreciate the opportunity to sit and have coffee with you this morning and talk about ISC West. That's right. It's going to be 80 degrees in Seattle. As long as it stays in the 50s at night, Jeff and I are just like babies in the woods. It's very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Where did I come up with babies in the wood? I, I don't know, Ron. It's been, the last time I slept in the wood was in a camouflage sleeping bag. So. <laughs> That's that's not happening again anytime. In the well, I certainly hope not, because then that means I have to have the right to bear arms. Something's happening. <laughs> all right, Jeff Slotnick. First of all, before you stepped on the floor at Las Vegas and met up with some old friends, new friends, before you did, give me a couple of themes of trends you were seeing in the industry. Because what I'm going to ask you, Jeff, after you do that is... Was there any change in your thinking after ISC West? So, and if so, what was it? So, Jeff, what were some of the major trends leading up to ISC that you were looking at as a consultant? Well, you know, Ron, um, we do a lot of efficiency studies. We do a lot of program looks, you know, uh, uh, GSOCs, uh, uh, security force manage, security guard force management. Uh, and, you know, we're always talking with senior leaders in the industry about their needs and, and where the direction is going. And, you know, some of the themes that I've seen uh, over the past year have been um, a reticence to upgrade technology, uh, primarily because of uh, not identifying the inefficiency in the technology stack and how much that's costing in, in the way of, of people. You know, uh, an interesting conversation I had with one chief security officer, uh, we were discussing their technology stack and, you know, the, the comment that was made was, well, it works fine. Why, why should I change? It's, it's meeting our needs. And, and the question was more, well, where do you want to be in five years? I mean, your, your technology is meeting your needs today, but will it meet your needs in five years? And, and we got into this deeper conversation. And one of the, I asked the, the, this, this person, I said, what kind of cell phone do you have? And they said, oh, well, I've, I've got this brand new iPhone 12. And I said, tell you what, why don't you give me your iPhone 12 and I'll trade you for an iPhone 4S. 
And, and no, I, I can't do that. It, it wouldn't meet my needs. I, I, I have all these functions that I really enjoy. And, and at the end of the conversation, I looked at them and I said, now take that same thought process and let's, let's apply that to your technology stack. You've got an iPhone 4S system operating in an iPhone 12 world. And you need to have iPhone 12 or better in order to be successful. Well, how, how interesting, because you, you had me going way ahead of you as you were telling the story, right? So I'm sitting there thinking, you're right. I don't fully experience the functionality that can improve my life until I've actually put my hands on the technology. And so is that, is that a right read of what you just said? It, it is. It is. It's, it, that's part of it. But it's, it's simply understanding that if you've got a technology stack that's already five to eight years old, you need to look at the inefficiencies it, it's create, excuse me, that it's creating in your organization and how those inefficiencies are costing you money from a management perspective uh, that can be improved uh, with technology. Mm. Well, it's interesting. Um, as you know, Jeff, I've, I've lived in a world where uh, understanding how you organize your people in roles, in a process, using whatever tools the organization's given you, measuring those against your outcomes has been a key component of my life. Yep. Okay, so, and the whole community has heard me say that numerous times on these podcasts, nothing new, <clears throat> but let's go back. Do the, does, does this person who is talking about the iPhone 12 and the I, iPhone 4, has this person done that? That is, do they know? They said, it's meeting my needs. How do they even define that today? Well, and that's, that's where we come in, is we assist them in developing the key performance measures uh, and metrics to determine program maturity and, and how mature their program is. And, and part of that is looking at the at enterprise risk, what the expectations are, and who are the end users of that product, because that's where we find out if the system is meeting needs or not, you know, is by uh, measuring and managing and sensing uh, end users. <clears throat> to determine whether that uh, whether that technology stack and and whether that operation is meeting enterprise needs. Well, I, I remember a discussion uh, with Dave Comandot at one of the great conversations where we were talking about metrics that matter. Yes, very interesting because the metrics that matter to an end user, the metrics that matter to a security program. And the metrics that matter to an organization may be completely different, but can be unified into a single expression if you know how you're organized against those various outcomes. And, and so is your profession, the security consultant, you know, stepping outside the program itself and saying, listen, have you reached out because this architecture, this technology stack you're doing? could apply very quickly to the business itself. Have they done that? Oh, absolutely. And many have, and others that haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, are retaining us just to, just to do that. So, uh, you know, uh, we propose things 
such as, you know, other, other business models like GSOC as a service, you know, who is using your service? What services are you providing? And how are those services paid for by the end users to show value for what you do? Um, you know, and, and one, in one case, we found that uh, the GSOC operation touched every aspect of the enterprise from uh, investigations to uh, personnel, to personnel management, to travel management, uh, to executive monitoring, uh, to the distribution and supply chain. So as you get deeper into the organization and you start asking questions, uh, you find that really there's they're, they're touching every aspect uh, of the enterprise. And when we can show that and we can say, look, this is the value you provide, but you're not receiving that value in return. You know, how do we make them a valued partner within the organization, like human resources, like operations, like others, uh, so that they're getting the full benefit of, of, their, uh, of, of their business model? As I go to various conferences and holding my own executive conferences, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself uh, in check here. I'm tired of hearing all of us pontificate about how you need to become more valuable to the business. I'm tired of hearing that expression. What I want to know is how. How yeah. do you do that? And can you quantify it to such a degree? Where, where they will actually invest in you becoming valuable to the business. Can you quantify it? Can you come up with the right purchasing vehicle to make that happen? Is that leap happening? It, it is in some organizations, and we've actually facilitated that in, in a couple of organizations. You know, I came into the security, Ron, as you know, with a very different background than most. It wasn't just military. It was a combination of engineering, business, uh, education and business management, um, uh, education and leadership, and project management and understanding, you know, uh, process and understanding metrics and understanding KPIs. I'm, I'm an old Deming guy, you know, and that's that that shapes a lot of my view of the industry. So, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when we were talking about, you know, measuring and managing and, and uh, you know, uh, as a service model, and how are you, you know, interacting with, with senior leadership in your enterprise, you know, people would look at us, they didn't understand our language. You know, here we are in 2021, and, you know, we can no longer afford to have the enterprise risk, the enterprise security function being a cost center. They have to be a profit center and you have to show value for what you do and you have to be efficient in what you do. And that has shaped our core business model uh, for the last three or four years uh, because in, in my opinion, what we were speaking about 10, 15 years ago is now common language. And people are understand what we're saying. We're not, you know, shouting in a windstorm. We're actually uh, being listened to and, and able to and trusted to facilitate that change. Well, very interesting. You just touched on something. Um, the technology itself 
you started with the perfect story. The technology itself is 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 advancing at such a rapid rate. In a sense, the manufacturer is saying to you, you need to upgrade every three years. You need to upgrade every three years. So having that old model, that old total cost of ownership model, where you're trying to write off the depreciation for the next seven, probably isn't going to be the right purchasing model, the right cost model. And it's going to take someone like you, I think this is going to change the consulting practice. Tell me how I do that, Jeff. Tell me how I, what am I upgrading to? Forecast a little bit. What do you think I'm upgrading to in three to five years? And, and that's, a, that's an important question now in today's planning. It, it is, but you know, we've all done it. Yeah, we've all done it. We, we make decisions on when we buy and replace a vehicle. We make decisions on when we buy and replace a cellular phone. Right. We make a decision, you know, with any one of our personal devices. You know, I just upgraded my iPad. Okay. My other iPad worked perfectly well. And I got $300 on a trade-in, but the price point plus the new technology and new features uh, with the, the uh, return on investment for trading in my old iPad made it a good purchase and, and a reasonable purchase. So we make decisions like this all the time. But when you take that, you've got to be able to extrapolate that decision-making process and take it from that small purchase and now look at it, you know, at a corporate level, uh, you know, and, and, but the, the, the process is still the same. You know, it's, you've got to have the information. You have to know what the new technology is. And sometimes, you know what? It's not even owning the technology. Sometimes an as-a-service model uh, which can keep up with the speed of upgrades and keep up with the speed of change uh, is a better decision. So, you know, uh, I use as a service in many things, whether in, in my personal life, whether it's, it's cloud storage or uh, I don't own, you know, 300 DVDs anymore of, of movies that I like. It's all digital now and it's as a service through, through my service provider. Uh, my music is as a service you know, uh, as a service has touched almost every aspect of our life. Uh, look at Amazon. I mean, that's essentially shopping as a service. You know, I don't have to visit 20 stores and do market comparison to see what I want. All the data is right there in front of me. I can, I can review it. I can see what other people had to say about the product. I can understand it and I can make a decision as to whether I want that product or not. And I never have to leave my computer. So, you know, it's taking that same manner of thinking and applying it to our industry is, is where we're at. And a lot of people are doing it. So we started this discussion where I talked about Jeff Slotnick and his practice evolving over time with the times and then translated, opened up with what are you, what were you seeing before you went to ISC West? And we talked about uh, the inefficiency in the technology stack, why change, uh, a new model uh, as a service model helping us with that change, um, the how and why of the end user, who's your end user from the actual user of the technology to the program manager uh, of security to the business executive. 
talked about all those things. Then you go to ISC West. Yep. Did, did, did you see that as only a confirmation? Just nice to shake a few hands? Or did anything jump out at you that would uh, inform that evolution of yours over time? Yes, uh, a lot of things, Ron. A lot of things. One of the one of the things I noticed more than anything else is the show floor is a lot younger. We have and 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 I don't like labels, so you know, but there are a lot of young folks that are forward thinking that have grown up with technology that are in our industry. They were walking the show floor. They were there for whoever. They were in the show booth marketing products. They were, and, and they're having intelligent conversations uh, around technology. And, you know, it, it was very refreshing to see that because these are the people that are going to change our industry and move our industry forward over the next 10 to 15 years. <clears throat> when you look at our industry, and, and you've heard me say this before, uh, we're, we're very inefficient in the way that we manage firmware and software and don't have an open integration platform for the physical security industry. The fact that I can sit at home and I can turn on my Xbox, I can open up my Facebook app and talk to my grandson in Michigan on his iPad all right, so one platform, two platforms, two different OSs, and an app, and I'm speaking with my grandson on 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 his on his uh, device, but I can't get three devices from three different manufacturers to integrate on the same network without having a professional come in and say, okay, I think I can take these three devices and make them talk. You know, there's, there is something the matter with that business model. And the, the, the young folks that are entering our industry are looking at, looking at us and they're saying, you know, that's just ignorant. You know, you, you guys don't get it. If you want to stay viable, we, we have to go this direction. You know, we, we have to be able to, to integrate. We have to be able to talk. Not, not to mention that the, the gains from uh, from artificial intelligence and machine learning, the data sets alone that can be that can be derived from having a common operating platform that can create other business models uh, is is entirely exciting. <clears throat> so I think our business, whether we want to or not, are going to be uh, dragged kicking and streaming into the 21st century. Uh, because it's needed. We're, we're, just, uh, we're just so far behind in that aspect of technology. It's, that is uh, fascinating because I'm thinking about your example you gave me of your grandson. And I'm thinking about how intuitive that was for all of us to make that leap. It was intuitive. We didn't even think of it that that was Microsoft, Apple, and Facebook all coming together in a, in a customer experience. We're not thinking that, we're just expecting it. And if right. I can use one word is, we know the consumer is expecting it. 
is it now time that we expected in business and security as well? And, and that's going to be the key, right? Why don't we expect it? Why aren't we challenging our vendor community that this is a bottom line expectation we have? And if you can't get there, that's fine. There's many customers who will buy it. They'll plug it in for 10 years. But is that, did you see on the floor the beginning of an expectation of that, that data is forcing the decision? Yes, because people are marketing the data that they're able to collect. Got it. And there are some firms out there that have very high levels of integration in their products. They've they've made that they've made that leap and they're willing to open up their architecture in order to integrate with other functions, but yet there is still no common integration platform. There's translators, okay? Uh, you know, there's the, the Genetex and the Linnells of the world, uh, you know, the Mercury and Software House that are, that are basically translators, uh, but the, the direct plug and play is coming. Uh, you can see it. It's, it's on the horizon. You can almost touch it. Uh, and, and I think part of that is being driven uh, by cybersecurity and the need for managing our cyber systems and physical security devices are cyber systems. You know, the, uh, another interesting conversation I had with a, with a CSO and I, I asked them, I said, why aren't you turning over your systems to the IT department or have an IT professional in your department to manage your systems? He says, oh, no, those are, those are my systems. I, 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 I need to take care of them. You know, I said, well, wait a minute. I said, you have a company laptop in front of you. I said, uh, do you own the laptop? He says, no, IT department owns a laptop. I said, when you have a problem with it, do you fix it yourself or do you give it to the IT department to repair? Oh, no, they take care of everything. They ensure it's provision. They in ensure that it, it's operating properly. They keep me informed of updates. I said, great. Why don't you do that with your physical security system? You know, and, and I think as we're moving more towards, uh, uh, you know, this push on cybersecurity um, and the understanding the fact that all of our physical security devices are cyber devices and what we need is the information they produce. I don't need to own the camera. I don't need to own the card reader. I don't need to own the access control system. I need the function that it produces. I need the information that it produces, but I don't need to manage the firmware and software and the, the uh, internal workings of, of that device. You know, and, and I think people are, are slowly coming to that realization that there is, you know, 15 years ago, we were talking about convergence. Folks, we're converged. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's we we're not we shouldn't even be talking about convergence anymore. You know, the conversation now is around cybersecurity and how do I protect these devices so that they are not an impedance to the cyber backbone, but providing us the information that we require. That's interesting. Folks, we are converged. <clears throat> but you also said right before that, we still have translators versus, I don't know what you would call the alternative, translators versus, but we still have translators. 
uh, we still need to get to the speed of business that we want, which is real time, which we're now using terms like machine learning and AI, where we have optimized data engines moving us that direction. We still have translators versus whatever you call them. And right. we also have people focused on owning versus outcomes uh, in, their, in their purchasing decisions. So what made you believe after ISC West that we're going to move out of that and move out of that quickly? Or is this going to be slowly, again, as slow as physical security is, is this, is this going to take years to, to unravel here? No, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to declare something and, and, you know, there's, there's probably going to be folks that don't like me for saying this, but that's okay. Um, I, I think if integrators don't, don't start looking at changed business models, they're going to be overcome by events in five to six years uh, because it, the industry is going to change that rapidly as more technology driven people enter into our industry as techno as we become interdependent with the technologies that we use the speed of change is going to accelerate rapidly if covid hasn't been good for anything okay it has been great for digital transformation and digital transformation is occurring rapidly ron rapidly uh, we have become so dependent on technology that people are actually sitting back now and saying, why am I doing things the way I'm doing, you know? And of course, as we discussed earlier, as a service models for data, for equipment, for storage, for uh, uh, all these different things, um, as platforms move to as a service model, well, the next step is, is everybody talking together. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, and again, uh, the younger folks that are entering our industry, you know, that are walking around, you know, with two or three devices and, you know, and, and texting furiously on their S21, they're the ones that are moving this industry forward. They're the ones that are speaking up in, in boardrooms and sales meetings and saying, you know, what you're doing is ignorant and you really need to look at the world around you and, and how this world is operating because that's what's pushing this industry forward, kicking and screaming into the future. The timing for this great conversation with Jeff Slotnick, um, this will be published on August 2nd along every, at the beginning of every month, we publish a playlist and the opportunity and the synchronicity here in this conversation with others we had this month, people like, uh, uh, the CEO of a multi-billion dollar data center company that provisions it as a service, builds data centers, builds, own, and operates data centers as a service, and is incorporating physical and cybersecurity into the value prop of building those out. You have a financial uh, uh, consultant who is uh, helping us transform from TCO ROI models to an as-a-service thinking outcome model versus ownership model. Uh, we have tremendous conversations going on. And 
it was fortunate we ran into Jeff right after ISC. This has really been a great conversation, Jeff. Thank you so much. Ron, amazing. Always enjoy talking with you. At 